Genre. Hello? Chris, it's Scott. Oh, hey man, how's it going? <laughs> totally excellent, dude. Oh, um, okay, cool. Well, what's up? Not much, compadre. Just chilling out here at Mikasa. All right. Hey, uh, are you okay? You seem different. Oh, yeah, man. I'm totally tubular. I've just been listening to this bitchin' new podcast and scarfing down some zaz, you know? Right. Bitchin'. Totally. It's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, and it's a completely gnarly new show that breaks down, analyzes, and discusses the 1990 live-action Turtles movie one shell kicking minute at a time! Wait, one minute at a time? Like, a whole episode dedicated to just, like, one minute of the movie? Oh, hey Scott, hold on a second. Dude, I have got a boss new podcast to show you. Oh my god, it's like totally rad. You're gonna freak. Hey Adam, Rachel, uh, come in, I guess. Is that Scott? Put him on speaker. Yeah, he was just telling me about Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Turtles Minute. Minute? Excellent. Excellent. Rad. Dude, dudette, how totally mondo is that show? Totally, man. I like scope so many fresh new knowledge nuggets. I feel like my brain is going to explode. Yeah, and it comes out every day of the week, so I can just max and relax and score some serious turtle time. Chris, you have to motor over to DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute right now. Yeah, okay, I, I just... Am I going to start talking like that? Yo, Connor, don't be a spaz. Yeah, be wicked. Bodacious. Righteous. Fresh. So, bro, what's it going to be? You going to check out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute or what? Well, I guess there's only one thing to say. Cowabunga! Yeah! Party! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, available July 31st on DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Welcome back, everybody. Ferris Bueller's Minute Off, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the John Hughes classic Ferris Bueller's Day Off. One minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Laguna. And today we're talking about Minute 32. Minute 32 starts with Rooney Turkey. Tur- turkey. Ro- turkey. With Rooney Turkey. <laughs> All right. With Rooney turning back around. And it ends with a helicopter view of downtown Chicago. I honestly wish that I have been to, had been to Chicago or knew more about Chicago. There are some really beautiful aerial shots. Um... John Hughes says that they took a helicopter down the Chicago River uh-huh. to get all of these shots. But I don't know any of the locations, unfortunately. No, unfortunately, I do not. I do not either. Rhino Ricky's been in Chicago. Mm. And when he went, it was like much later than this movie's yeah. filmed, obviously. Uh, but... I mean, he might know. He has good memory about places like that. That's so. cool. Couldn't yeah, I think him. the one of the one of the last buildings we see in this particular minute is the one with all the mirrored windows. That I'm pretty sure is the one we saw before we cut into Ferris's dad at work. So that's cool. That might be that building. 
before we even get there, we hear Sloane as the car takes off. She goes, woohoo, like all loud and she's into it. She throws her hands up over her head. Like, yeah, grandma died and I don't care. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Grandma died and I don't care. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I don't know why I have Jimmy Crack Corn in my head all of a sudden, but there, there that happened. Uh, uh, we see Rooney like turn around and then he turns back, uh, and goes inside. And then we see Cameron sit up. Like we said yesterday, Cameron sits up. We get a great shot of the license plate that says nervous. And we hear beat city by the flower pot men, the flower pot men, the flower pot men. It's a odd name for a band. Yeah. I believe they are from the UK. A lot of the music in this movie is from bands from Britain because, that's the stuff that John Hughes was listening to. He never wanted to put anything in his movies that you might have heard unless you were, like, listening to weird British pop rock <laughs> or whatever. Uh, he had an interesting taste. Uh, so I think a lot of the songs, a lot of the songs I, I only know because of this movie. Right. Uh, they are an English pop group. Created in 1967 as the result of a single, Let's Go to San Francisco. All right. Uh, This particular song is called Beat City, which I really like. I actually have always identified this song with, I mean, with this movie, but with, like, downtown in cities, like, big, tall buildings. And uh, because it's got this guitar string sound that um, is very metallic, like... It, it it thrums. It makes me think of the way sound vibrates, like, off buildings. Okay. Um, it sounds very big. It sounds like it's... I almost imagine that, like, this is... in. It's playing on the radio in the car, and the sound is just echoing out from them. Which is weird. And I know it doesn't make any sense. Is this song playing on their radio there are other later songs we've heard even earlier we heard a song um the tiki music we theorized was from the boombox that ferris had when he was outside yeah i know later when they're at the pool there's a song playing on the boombox because we use it in our promo we're gonna hear a song at the garage attendant that is playing in the garage and there's another song on the radio after they pick the car up so but, what if this whole time, like every mu- every song, but I don't know. Used? I don't know about that one. There's no way to show that it's on the car radio. I mean, they could have just had, they could have just had, Ferris turn on the radio. But instead, the song starts when the car starts, and I don't know if uh, if the stereo started automatically like that in cars from the '60s. Do you think he redid the rate? There must be a radio, and I don't know. It's weird. I don't know anything about Ferraris. We need Sam. I should have left Sam here. That's true. Yeah, so Beat City by the Flower Pot Man. And then we just get a lot of, uh, a, a ton of shots of the city. And I don't have a lot to say about the city, so I went and looked at the script. And there is a line that I like that I didn't mention from yesterday in the script. When Ferris talks to the camera and says, If you had access to a car like this, would you take it back right away? He also says, would you give up feeling like a ton just to ease your best friend's tension? I don't know what that, what is that, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? 
Would you, would you not what? Would you give up feeling like a ton just to ease your best friend's tension? What does that mean, feeling like a ton? I don't know. I mean, I know he doesn't... He's maybe they cut that because it literally doesn't make sense. <laughs> maybe because of, like, the way he words things, because he doesn't want to use cliches, how things are just kind of like other things. Maybe that's supposed to be kind of like another mm. turn of phrase that means feeling like... I feel like feeling like a 10 or feeling feeling like good. Like the way he feels driving the car is that? Oh, I can I I like that. Like like that would you give sense. up feeling like this like this feeling you know to to do uh-huh. this for your best friend? Yeah, and that's a really shitty thing to say. They cut it, so he doesn't say it. So we good don't have to because that's that. terrible. It is terrible. That's a crappy thing to say. It is a crappy thing to say. Uh, so they take off, and then we cut to a bank. So they're do you gonna, remember? They're going to rob the bank. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of movie this is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde, uh, they, they, pull out, they, pull out, uh, they pull out these, these extravagant weapons and they rob the bank. If they're Bonnie and Clyde, who's Cameron at that point? I don't know. He's the getaway driver. He's, he's baby. Right? He's baby. <laughs> <laughs> no. That would be amazing. Right? I don't know. And that. they take off in that car. Oh, God. That would be so beautiful. So, so, okay, so it says, uh, a fresh modern bank building. The clock outside, hey, what time do you think it is? The clock outside reads 9.53. Only about to be 10. Which is, which makes sense, right? We, we said that she must have been in, like, third period by this point. So we have, uh, 7.30, 8.15, 8.39, 8.15. Are we doing like that? Are they not back to back? How much time do you have between classes? Let's say 15 minutes. Well, I never get that much time, How really. How much time is would it, you put between classes? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't remember. It's been so long since I was in high school. I don't know. Like, ten minutes? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I don't think I don't think it's, like, too long. But say if we, we, we speculated 7.30 for the first class, about 8.15 for the second class. Maybe they aren't 45-minute classes. Maybe they're... Uh, whatever. We're, we're guesstimating. Okay. So, about 9 o'clock to start the first class, or third class. They pull her out mid-third class. They have to go get the car from Cameron's. They take it to the school. Uh, it's about 9.45 going on 10 when they leave the school. I think I can accept that. It's so much work. It is a lot of work. Uh, so, they're at the bank. Do you remember the, the other cutscene that I was really pleased about when he cons his dad into giving up the location of these, uh, these bonds? bonds. These savings bonds that are in his name. They're in Ferris's name. Well, yeah, because they're probably meant to be given to him when he turns 18 or something like that. Uh, something important. A woman, in, a, a woman, it says interior bank teller. Bank. Teller. A woman about 70 with silver blue, with, with a silver blue beehive. Oh, it's about four inches higher than the highest beehive you've ever seen. As she <laughs> moves, the beehive hits a small sign over her head. She's been at the bank since they opened. She smiles when she sees Ferris. I think this woman, the way they describe her hair, and like the 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 fact that she's just this really old lady with this blue like beehive hair. I think she might be the same lady that way at the end when everyone's heading home. Tom Bueller is trying to drive through the suburb and there's this old lady who's like can't see over her steering wheel. She's like kind of oh, weaving. Yeah, yeah. In the, like I think that's the that. lady. Oh my gosh. I think that's the same lady. That's her finally leaving the bank. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> so she says, Ferris Bueller? And uh, Ferris is standing at the window with uh, Cameron and Sloan. And he says, hello, Mrs. Froling. Her name's Froling. Mrs. Froling. F-R-O-E-L-I-N-G. Mrs. Froling. It says she pats the rock-solid mass of blue hair. In doing so, she locates a missing ballpoint pen. So this is the Grace gag. Right. Which is interesting. He wrote it into the script, but then they used it for Grace because she had the hair. Yeah. I like that they, like, this joke still made it in. This was something that, like, really affected him. Right. This He's person like, he works with. Yeah. Uh, they ask her how she's feeling, and she says, I passed a kidney stone Tuesday, so I'm a little pooped, but other than that, I'm as chipper as can be. <laughs> All right. Say, shouldn't you be in school? Mm. He goes, me? I'm out of school, Mrs. Froling. In fact, I'm married. This is my wife, Madonna. 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 Uh, and then he calls Cameron his brother-in-law, ZZ Top. Guessing he's picking on this lady because she has dementia or something. Uh-huh. Or uh, Alzheimer's. She goes, is Top a Slavic name? <laughs> and Cameron goes, yeah. I'd like to cash these in, please. We're having a baby and we need cash for a crib, clothes, diapers, food pellets, leash, water dish. <laughs> okay. They're both teasing her because she goes, a baby, you must be so excited. And Sloane goes, I'm, uh, I'm thrilled, ma'am. I'm especially looking forward to wearing those jeans with the stretch panel in the front. They're, they're so mean to this little lady. This is terrible. This is, this is another scene that they cut because it would have made Ferris like more unlikable, which is what you were saying. Like they were worried about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So of course they had to. Are cut you this. hoping for a boy or a girl? Actually, we're hoping for a car. Is what Sloane says. I don't. That doesn't make sense. Um. Okay. Okay. So Cameron, not having it. The two of them are having their fun. He's looking around the bank. And he sees, uh, over on another side of the bank, Joyce Bueller. Mm. So Katie's here. She's with the Vermont couple. And their bored teenage son, Boyd. Boyd? Boyd. That's a weird name. Uh, He seems like kind of a a crappy kid. He's a teenager, but he's got, like, he's playing with a Bic lighter. Jeez. It says, a loan officer is discussing the local financing situation, blah, 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 blah. I don't care really about that. Uh, he says, shit. And yeah. says uh, that Joyce's back is to the teller window, so she's conducting this meeting. She can't see them. And uh, Ferris is trying to get their attention, and the teller is saying, the teller's still going on. Like, their conversation's still happening. Yeah. These bonds aren't mature. If you hold on to them for another two years, you'll get an additional $4. Ferris says, I'm aware of that. $4. She says, you're throwing away $4. And Ferris says, no, ma'am, I'm giving it to the government. They need it. Do you know what, uh, do you know what an aircraft carrier is going for these days? Still messing with him. So the Vermont couple stands. Boyd is gross and rubs his shoe on the desk and leaves mud on the guy's desk, which sucks. Jeez. This kid's a jerk. I don't like him. Uh, they leave. Joyce and the Vermont people approach the, uh, Vermont couple approach the doors. Boy, uh, Mrs. Froling passed with the savings bonds. She stops when she sees Joyce. Mrs. Froling, how are you? I passed a kidney stone Tuesday. Say, you must be very proud. Joyce doesn't know what she's talking about. I met Madonna. She pats Joyce on the arm. She told me everything. Keep me posted. I want to send a gift. She toddles away. Joyce and the Vermont couple are completely baffled. Uh, which is silly. So they leave. They get into a car. Um, that's the end of the scene. We, the, 
trio that we're following is all relieved because Ferris's mom did not see them. So they had more encounters with parents than, like, the one we'll see later. Right. The two we'll see. Both Tom... Three we'll see with Tom. They almost see Tom Bueller three times in this movie, but they don't ever bump into Joyce. Uh, there's a couple of Joyce scenes. Where's, where's it? We, there's another one that we'll, we'll see uh, in a few weeks, I think. Maybe even not that long. With this kid, Boyd. 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 So they, they cashed in the checks, the savings bonds. So that's how they're paying for everything. But we don't need to know that because Ferris just smooshes his way through everything. He doesn't... We don't need to know that because that breaks uh, the bubble of, of Ferris just being this uh Well, that's because guy. The, the movie is what made it to the cut of the movie. What? And not the stuff in the script that didn't happen. True. He was Besides, the, we've already talked he about was, how uh, much He was very smart in... Uh, covering his tracks basically and like if he wants ferris to be likable he was smart and cut the things out that made him look the worst mm -hmm. maybe not everything but but a lot of it yeah so i think he was smart about that well the movie was so much longer we talked about how how much film they shot they shot a million feet of film for this movie we talked about that like a while ago oh no it's, it's, it seems like a lot uh, yeah i think that is a lot for a movie like this it's like really yeah yeah this isn't like some magnum opus, like, great movie. Well, it's because they did so much, like, improvised stuff on the day. Yeah. And, uh, it's just extra stuff. Let the camera keep rolling through yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's extra stuff and everything. Which, Fluff. you know, some of it makes it into the cut. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. There's some good stuff. Once there. everything's edited and, and, and put back together in a way that uh, they like, it's very uh, clever. Mm hmm. You go, John Hughes. Victoria's so mad. <laughs> You're having a hard week this week. I do. I didn't realize how tough this movie was going to be for you at points. I didn't realize, like, how this was going to be. Up until you had me do this, I hadn't seen the movie in a long time, and all I had was, like, good thoughts about it. Sure. And then I saw it, and then I was just like, oh, this guy's not nice. <laughs> not, no, no, not really. He's not the best. I like Cameron. I go, Cameron's a sweetheart, and, and I, I feel for the guy. And I still stand on my statement that, like, as much as you say that Sloan is good for Ferris, Ferris is not good for Sloan. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't know if we see enough of their relationship to really, other than getting her out of school, they don't do anything that's going to get anyone into trouble particularly. Right. They're not, like, m miscreants. <laughs> they go to the museum. And the stock exchange. And the restaurant. A fancy restaurant. A fancy restaurant. Uh, and yeah, they impersonate somebody that they shouldn't do. I don't... I want... Like, I'm surprised there's not a... I mean, this isn't that kind of movie. I'm surprised there's not a cut of, like, Abe Froman being like, where's my table? <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be pretty funny. It's not the kind of movie that he made. I you know, know. I know. It's not about that guy. It's about Ferris. I'm like, oh, I mean, we can count all the things that he's already done to this point that is questionable. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. questionable, unethical, uh, just all troublesome. around, like, trouble. Yeah, all, all around troublesome. And, I don't know. I agree. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a weird, it's a weird thought process, I guess, on my part. Yeah. And, and I apologize. That's okay. So we're, um, we're done with this now, though. So now, now we just get like 
some city stuff. Yeah. Pretty city. We yeah, we're we're in downtown Chicago. We get to see a lot of buildings and streets. It's very beautiful. I want to go here. It looks like a nice weather. It does. It really does. It's such a nice day today. How could anyone expect a Ferris Bueller to go to school on a day like this? Haven't you ever woken up and be like, oh, I don't want to go to work. Can you always call off work? Not always. Not always. Not always. There's called responsibilities. Yeah. I feel like you're already developing bad habits as a, as a teenager. Then those bad habits are going to continue on with you. Yeah, Matthew Broderick was in that that Honda commercial. You see, I don't know. That's not a very good decision. <laughs> I mean, he's adorable. He's still adorable. Yeah, he's I think adorable. I, I I think Matthew Broderick is great. I like I like oh, him a great. lot. I, yeah, me too. Me too. I, I know uh, Tower Heist gets a bad rep. We've but talked about Tower Heist. I still like him in that movie. He's so delightfully like depressed oh, in that movie. Like, I, I get he's you. the Cameron. He is the Cameron. Oh, Matthew Broderick became the Cameron. He became the Cameron. Um, Interesting. <laughs> but I don't know. I, li- I like, I'm very delighted to see him pop up in things. Doesn't Same. doesn't do it very often. No, not really. I feel like I see Alan Ruck more. I think he does more TV things. A lot of TV stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, all of a sudden I'll be watching something and I'm like, oh. I'm like, That's Alan Ruck. And Alan Ruck I don't watch so much TV, so I don't actually see either of these guys ever. Uh, eh. Well, I told you about the Star Trek thing. I didn't even know about that. Rick, oh, yeah. Ricky told me. We did talk about that. Uh, and then just recently he was, uh, I believe it was renewed. He's in that Exorcist show. Oh. He's, oh, yeah. He, he's the dad in that. He's great in that, actually. He plays. He's the main dad. He's the main dad. He is. We talked about this um, with Tim. Main dad. Main dad. The main dad. I think I titled that the episode. Main uh, dad. What, what makes me delighted about his performance in that is that he plays uh, his character before the season of the sh- before the show started like it's something you don't see this they're deal they're already dealing with it he had an accident oh. and the accident uh affected his brain to the point where he's not what he once was i mean hmm. he's not like an invalid or or anything like that he could take care of himself but sometimes like he'll fall off like he'll be like coherent with you and talking and then all of a sudden he'll just kind of oh. like forget things and I imagine he's really good at that he's he was he's very good at that I was very impressed and I was like this oh my god he's a talented guy I like Alan Ruck a lot I do like him that's awesome I feel like he hasn't aged either he just has gray hair if he dyed his hair it'd be like take away 10 years well yeah I mean he's 28 when they filmed this which is ridiculous because he doesn't 100% seem like he's 28 no at the oldest, I would say maybe like twenty-one, yeah. you know, early twenties, not late twenties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How old is Matthew Broderick at this point? I think twenty-two. Oh, okay. Twenty-two. So, yeah, but I can believe him as being like eighteen, seventeen yeah. years old while he's doing this because he well, has a really baby think, face. And I think what works is the two of them just have the chemistry that kind of brings them both to the same level. Right. You forget that they're not the same age. I mean that's a one that's another thing about movies is, is if your two characters that are in the mo- the majority of the movie don't like each other or don't have chemistry you know chemistry yeah. then you're gonna have a crappy movie. Yep. Yep. Can name plenty of those. Oh yeah. Especially those ones that you like hear back behind the scenes like, Oh yeah, they hated each other and it's like, ugh, well oh. duh, because the that. movie's terrible. Yeah, I can see that. You can tell. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a that's a bummer. But you can tell in this that they are definitely like for real, yeah. like friends, yeah, like chummy. They're very chummy. Yeah, we've already talked about a couple of good like back and forth moments that they had. Like, oh, this wouldn't be the same. The kitchen scene, 
the garage scene, both just, like, good, the two of them acting off of each other. Right. It's great. I think we're done with this minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Guys, find us on Twitter, at Bueller Minute. Find us on Facebook, Ferris Bueller Minute. Ferris Bueller's Minute Off, actually. DuelingGenre.com, along with a whole ton of other movie-by-minute shows, as well as a good number of other podcasts. There are so many podcasts on Dueling Genre right now. I don't even know what to start. If you've been listening to the show, you've heard promos for a lot of the ones that are running. Uh, You should definitely check all of them out and come back tomorrow for Minute 33 of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Save Ferris. Save Ferris. Save Ferris Bueller.